This is a Pound the Rock podcast show. While the Uncle Nearest team is in quarantine, we have been producing regular broadcasts on our Instagram, on our Facebook, and in live Zoom webinars. We have decided to take those shows and bring them here to you on the podcast channel. We hope you enjoy. Welcome to Uncle Nearest Cocktail Club. We'll be here every Thursday discussing all the ins and outs of mixology. You can join us anytime on IGTV for cool videos of drinks you can make at home and bring all your burning mixology questions to our Zoom room each Thursday night at 8 p.m. Eastern. All levels welcome. We can't wait to raise a glass. Well, hello, everyone. Hi. Welcome to Thursday Cocktail Club Live. Yay. <laughs> I'm your host. I'm your host tonight. I'm Chastity. I am uh, Uncle Nearest brand ambassador in the Chicago market. And I am joined tonight by my lovely whiskey family. Hey guys. Hey. Hi. How are you doing? Phenomenal. Good. 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 Swell. So, so, so tonight we are going to discuss the old fashioned. And if you all are, uh, you know, longtime drinkers or bartenders or whatever, you know that uh, the old fashioned has many different ways to make it, many different variations, and there's lots of debates and conversations surrounding the best way to make it. But, you know, I think it's all a matter of preference. And so um, we have. Ian, my fellow Chicago brand ambassador, here tonight to demonstrate um, how to make some old fashions and also um, a whiskey cocktail that he'll he'll go ahead and talk about as well. But just to, go, to do a quick introduction of everyone that's here, uh, we'll start with Kitty. I might mute myself. There you are. <laughs> that was my end. That was technical difficulties with me. <laughs> <laughs> Hi everybody, Chastity. I'm so excited that you're hosting tonight. You have you did such a great job last night, so I'm happy to be working with you on this. Um, so I'm Kitty from Boston, and I feel like Boston and Chicago are like sister cities. Like I just love your city so much. So um, I've never been to Boston. Oh, I hope you'll come. Oh. Yes, yeah, after coronavirus. Yes, after <laughs> way after that in the summer. Yeah. It's nice for the two yeah. months of summer. We'll go together, Chastity, because yeah. I need. To, I, I'm I'm homesick, so we'll go together right. and we'll. Well, I'll come out. Yes, we'll all go together. Come we'll on. have a big Boston. I like it. Let's do it. I, love I like it. So it. We'll do it. Uncle Nearest takes over Boston. I love yes. it. Oh my God, I'm yeah. so excited. Oh, those <laughs> those Irish amazing. whiskey drinking fans need our takeover. They can need I it. Yeah. <laughs> Who else is in the room? Xander. Xander, here, uh, previous Bostonian. Now I escaped the clutches of the cold, sad winter that is Boston and came to San Diego. <laughs> and uh, I'm a, a, brand, a brand ambassador, brand steward, whatever uh, you like to call us, but just reps for the great product that is Uncle Nearest. Yeah, cool. And who else do we have? We have Ian. Ian up here in Chicago. Yeah, uh, up here in Chicago, working with you on all things Uncle Nearest, about to make some great old fashions for the whole room. Cool. And then as always, we have our lovely producer, Sailor. 
Hi, everybody. Yay. <laughs> I'm just here to do the clickety clicks and get the questions answered. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so, well, let's get this started. I mean, so are we drinking tonight? Are you all drinking anything? Are we drinking old fashions? What are we having? I'm about I to. A, I have a split-based 1884 and rum old-fashioned with hair of the dog bitters. Oh, oh nice. I can't wait to hear about and that. And unequal syrup. What's your, what's your proportion on that split base? Uh, equal parts. Um, okay. it's a, um, so my sister also works for a company as well. So I, I'm supporting her with some of her rum. What it's rum like is it? Five years, uh, Saison cask. So I wanted something mm -hmm. kind of the nice spice of the 1884 with the nice, like it's a little bit nice. hotter of a rum and then the honey to kind of even it out with some, um, some bitters I've never tried before. My friend bought me these little kits and it's called Hair of the Dog Hangover Tonic. Oh my, Amazing. I like it. We it's all need that. It's really <laughs> nice, it's, kind of, it's really rich. So it kind of plays off on the honey and the, uh, the rum. I, like I love that. rum and whiskey, rum and, rum and bourbon in specific. I love putting yeah, those together. Yeah, plays so well. So, so well. I do a lot of, uh, when I want to do tiki battles, that's what I do. I'm like, oh yeah, watch this. You don't need all that's that awesome. rum. You need whiskey and rum. <laughs> so we should do a class on that, a split base that'd, class. That'd be super fun. Um, yeah. Uh, the lovely and amazing Fawn Weaver is with us tonight. Um, because she's the Hi, most Fawn. supportive boss in the world. She would like us to point out that Ian is the winner of the best cocktail two years in a row amongst <laughs> the Uncle Nearest team. <laughs> I should make that on the show one day. Yeah. Uh, that's a good cocktail. Yes. Really good you cocktail. totally should. I gotta it's get that blonde vermouth. Yeah. Ooh, yes. I mean, that means her teacup cocktail. Really have any competition before me. Oh. 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 Oh.
1884 for Uncle Nero, it's, it, 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 Xander said it earlier, it's spicy, but it's also kind of floral and a little softer at times. It's, it's such a good porch sipper. Whereas the 1856 to me is just this great vanilla bomb. And I think it goes so well with, uh, with like a nice Dem, Demerara syrup. Mm. So That's I start with two ounces of the spirit. And for me at home, because I am not a sweet guy, I'm a savory guy, I go two bar spoons on the Demerara syrup. And um, I think we talked about it last time, but Demerara syrup is just like a, a raw sugar or a Demerara sugar simple. So equal parts water, equal parts sugar, just uh, dissolve to combine and that's kind of it. So that's, that's, that's the start. For bitters, I like to I like to jump around a little bit, but for just a classic, just a, a good old fashioned, I do three dashes of everyone's favorite, my super well loved and well used Angostura. <laughs> yeah, that bottle looks really used. <laughs> it is. It is. This is actually my like my event bottle. So when I would like go and do cocktail events for Uncle Nearest or any of my other jobs, like this is the bottle I was using at the time. Uh, you're just gonna, you just want to get some ice in this, in this glass. Uh, I go about halfway up. And there it goes. Uh -oh. <laughs> they always want to get away, those ice cubes. They especially always when you're yeah. presenting. Especially, especially when you're when like, you're, all eyes on me. <laughs> especially when you're presenting in your own home and you're like the most comfortable. Mm -hmm. So, here we go. Now, uh, I just give it a nice little stir. I usually go until I feel the glass uh, get chilled on my fingertips. So just kind of hold until I feel a nice chill at my thumb. Holding the base, I look to see the dilution. Look at that technique. Look at that stir, guys. Mm -hmm. Actually, we should so, have you break down the stir. Okay. Yeah, Actually, I, would, I would love to. I'm going to get a little closer. So. Um, yeah. On the last podcast, or not podcast, last show we did, we did a show last night on Wednesday with Lynn House on Whiskey Wednesdays with Uncle Nearest. I talked about being a musician. So when I was stirring, mm -hmm. I noticed that, um, this, is, this is super pretentious and annoying of me to say, but I noticed that the stir and playing the piano had a lot of the same hand technique to, to save yourself. So like when I, was, when I was bartending, I found that I would like to control the stir with, with my forearm. So what I do is I, uh, I hold the spoon and I just kind of pull with the muscle underneath my arm, with this muscle right here. And I just let the spoon glide around the glass and it saves me a lot of effort and grief. I don't use my wrist. I'm just using a nice big muscle and I can stir until my heart content. That is so detailed. The less risk you use, the longer you can uh, be a bartender for is what I was always taught. Is that exactly, you know, That's exactly right. Yeah, you want to use as little effort as possible. You want to use big muscles. You want to use nice, stable things. So that's that's where I, that comes from for me. Uh, now the strain. So I use a I use a julep strainer, that spoon that that uh, slotted spoon strainer. I just rest it however it falls in the glass. I have my glass right here. I'll have a nice big round cube. Ooh, fancy. There's Gideon. Gideon just joined us. Yeah. You missed it, Gideon. You missed the whole thing. <laughs> it's, it's, it's all fun. over. We're it's done. It's fault. True. Good night. Good watching. <laughs> so we here we go. Here's, oh, it looks so here's, good. Here's the old fashioned. Now, um, garnish. I, I believe Xander is in the camp of no garnish. 
old-fashioned? Not generally. I okay, just, okay. I don't do the traditional. Most old fashions are oranges. Uh, I would say is the general consensus. I fall underneath the lemon. Lemon peel. Depending on the spirit, I feel as if bourbon has sweetness, so you need lemon to balance it. Rye is a bit spicier, so you want the brightness of an orange. Yeah, I, I, I would. That's explain, opposite of what David. What I was trained was lemon all the time, but I uh, I. I I came from my learning and blossomed to my own uh, decisions. So I'm a, I'm a, I'm a little different. I like to change up my, so when I, I'm going to, I'm going to express lemon on this old fashioned. This is my home old fashioned. I make it with, I make it with a lemon expression, but I tend to match my expression or like the, the citrus to the sugar I use. So if I use, um, I was making, uh, I, I, I was just showing up. I have a, I have a, a bacon washed whiskey whiskey washed through the vat of bacon and I was using maple syrup for my sugar there with maple I kind of want a big old I want more I want it to be as sweet as possible so I I, I, I kick it up a notch with the orange but for this guy I'm going to use lemon expression so I just kind of give it a nice little quick give it a little rub and then I throw it away because <laughs> you don't need it in your own fashion throw it away that's very Boston really too right I don't really need it in my glass. Also, I'm typically making, like this is my, again, this is the drink I make at home. I'm making it in my okay. kitchen. I don't need to have it in my glass. I don't need to find it in my sink the next morning because like, let's be honest, I don't always do my dishes. Uh, and so I just get rid of it. And you don't need it. All you really want is the aroma of it to kind of be on the top of the glass and then it complements what you're gonna, what you're about to drink. And so that's my at home, pretty modern craft old fashioned. Hey Ian, a couple, uh, uh, one question and some comments. Um, yeah. So the lovely May Lee asks if you can show um, up a, a little bit closer the finger position of how you hold the bar spoon while sure. you're stirring. Just a little Let's bit closer it. for the viewers. So, um, you know, a bar spoon, if we can see it, has these, this nice spiral which makes for a nice motion. I prefer a spiral than, uh, and sorry, I'm kind of like, I'm just, just like kind of like chest, but. Um, <laughs> so it, it, what it does is it, it creates a nice glide through your fingers. First, I'm, I keep it between my middle finger and, and my uh, ring finger on my right hand, and I just kind of rest it. I'm not gripping it, I'm not holding it, I'm just letting it rest. And then I just kind of, like I said, I pull with that muscle underneath my arm, underneath my forearm. And you're gliding the back of the spoon around the inside of the glass. Yes, when I was is just sitting right on the edge of the glass and I'm do I'm it's as it's as little effort as possible. If you're if you feel like you're working, you're doing it wrong. So Sailor, you might remember this. I'm not sure when everybody else started working in restaurants, but when I started working in restaurants, this didn't show up at the bar mm -hmm. except once in a while. Mm -hmm. And everything was shaken. So yes. everything. You know, and sometimes you'd see, and people, I don't, did you work with Andy McNeese at Eastern Standard? Um, yes. Such a great guy, but he had yes. this, like, such a, there's, there's a thing, what Ian, you are, pointed out that technique so beautifully, but there's a way that you can do the stirring where you, <laughs> I know we're so, <laughs> so that, that, that's how I was taught, too, is we would do the, we would do this. Oh, my God. Oh my so, 
well, stir shaking. <laughs> it was, the idea was to stir it without getting too much um, air in there because, you know, when you're shaking, you're getting the air. But it was literally, but the way he did it looked way better than what we're doing. Somehow yeah. when he did it, it looked really good and fancy. Yeah. And I thought, oh, who knew? Uh, <laughs> is my favorite Boston bar. I had no idea you used to work there. Yeah, I was there I right when it right when it opened. I actually was one of the people the that first. opened it. Mm-hmm. That makes me oh. so happy. That I was, was gonna go to bar. Like that was in the yeah. Boston. That was my first place I stopped at. Yeah, Indiana. Jamie and I were old metalheads together, so back in the day. <laughs> yes. And now he's super famous. Um So are you. <laughs> no. So um okay, back to garnish. So um Yeah. I wanna know where's the cherry. Well, yeah. fa- okay, let's back up Ooh. one second. So Fawn mentions, which of course is true, and I was about to say, so Tom Bullock, Tom Bullock used right. the lemon peel, right? So if you go back to the first written recipes of the old fashioned, even if you go back to when it was a brandy drink, it's always a lemon peel, right? Yeah. 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 Um, and, and so Jeremy, who's with us tonight, says that he likes to use an expressed lemon peel and Hunting. an orange peel, and he inserts it into the glass. Jeremy, yes. I'm with you. I like, I like both. So, well. I, I find when I use a lemon and an orange peel, and I, I the bar I worked at last, uh, we used we used either a lemon or we used both. If I use both a lemon and an orange for me, I find that it's it tastes almost like floral soap. Interesting. That kind of, yeah. So you gotta. I feel like you gotta be careful. It has to be the right whiskey. Has to be has to be pretty rich to kind of balance that other side. So I like to use just a lemon or just an orange. So if anybody here uses a cherry, my question, because Chastity, uh, you asked about the cherry, what, the way I was taught is if you use a cherry, you do, don't use any simple syrup. Really? It depends. It, like, long, this was a long time ago. This is a very yeah. controversial yeah. subject. It is. <laughs> it really because, is. Yeah. I want a cherry and I want an orange in my old fashioned. <laughs> Maybe we should back up and explain the two formulas mm-hmm. because people who are new to cocktails and don't really know, they might um, have only ever had it one way or the other. So Ian, yeah. there's, there's so many different soup. ways to have it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ian, tell us yeah. about that and also touch on a little bit the history of the old fashioned. So I'll start, I'll start with the history, but first I'll say that, so Chicago, nationally, the most consumed cocktail in America is the margarita. That's undisputed. Uh, in Chicago, the most consumed cocktail is the old fashioned. We're, 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 we, we kind of, we're, we're a little different. We're, we're a little against the grain here in Chicago. Uh, and there is a, yeah, we do. But there's also, there is a Chicago old fashioned. And I find the Chicago old fashioned is two ounces of spirit, uh, a little bit of demerara sugar, um, ango bitters, orange bitters, a cherry, and a lemon twist. That's that's the Chicago old fashioned to me. If I'm gonna go to order old fashioned at just your typical bar, that's what I'm gonna get, for the most part. But the history of the old fashioned really starts with the whiskey cocktail, which appears in Jerry Thomas's book. Um, I have so many notes because I don't want to get these dates wrong because there are just so many dates. There's so many but dates. There yeah, it's okay. So, <laughs> there are so many dates. So, so what do you? What was that? No, no, I was going to ask, is that a book that you're reading? Are you, do you, those are your notes from multiple books in front of you this right is, now. This is my, yeah, this is my, this is, your... this is my live journal. So I speak. love that. Yeah, this is, this is, this, this, yeah, this is the book that I've been reading. You know what live journal is to you. <laughs> I, I know what live uh, journal is. You're too young to know live journal. <laughs> I'm not in my 20s anymore. Gosh, <laughs> you tell them, you tell them, Ian. 
Thank you, Kathleen. <laughs> so, Sorry, Ian. <laughs> back to facts. <laughs> Sorry. Jerry Thomas, in the 1862, uh, in his 1862 book, he had the whiskey cocktail, he had the brandy cocktail, he had the gin cocktail. There, It was just a, a pretty basic formula. And that was really just spirit, sugar, bitters. And that was that was that was that was the basic build. He he actually calls it it's three or four dashes of gum syrup, uh, two dashes of bitters, and a wine glass of whiskey and a piece of the lemon peel. His instructions were to fill the glass with ice, all the ingredients, to shake it and strain it. That was how he that, that's how he how it appears, uh, and that's really where the 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 old fashioned comes from. And when you started to ask for a whiskey cocktail in the old-fashioned you were asking for spirit sugar bitters and, and, and citrus that's really all that you were asking for and so that's how it started which i think is why we have all these absolutely bananas renditions of it later on yeah so, <laughs> like so, the um, like the wisconsin so jeremy brings up yeah, and i was yeah, going to bring this up too the, oh, the wisconsin and and everybody Hold your horses. We're gonna have to do we're gonna have to do this, you guys, in two parts. There's no way we're gonna fit this all in tonight. So I, I, I think we do a second part because yeah. there is so that's <laughs> the can has is it, been open. Yeah, it's too the far words. away for me to see. All I see is just like message, 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 message. That's okay. That's okay. We're the we're here to read that. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about it. We got okay, you. Cool. But the Wisconsin old fashioned and how it's built, I kind of like to call that the mid-century old fashioned. Mm -hmm. That style mm -hmm. of, of muddling the fruit with the sugar mm -hmm. and the bitters, adding the spirit and the soda. I think that's really indicative of like the 1950s and the 1960s. I mean, that's probably how Don Draper was drinking his old fashions on Mad Men. You know, that, that's just, that, that to me is that's so mid-century. It's like mm -hmm. that and linear furniture means the 1950s. <laughs> yes. But we go away from the, the whiskey old fashioned. We're going back to Jerry Thomas. This is 1862. He writes the whiskey cocktail, and then in 1876, he writes. He writes. Uh, is it an appendix to the, his original book? He writes. He writes an addition to his original book of recipes. I think it's like a second and, edition where yeah. they added yeah. some. And I think and he, he was still alive for number two, but the other ones. Yeah, I, I believe he was still alive for number two, and in that. In that book, he actually has the improved whiskey cocktail, which I feel like is going to open up a whole other yes, kind of worms <laughs> besides, yes, besides the besides the Wisconsin Old Fashioned kind of worms that we're currently dealing with over here. Um, but in in the improved whiskey cocktail, you start to see flavoring ingredients and you see similarities. So like he goes from having just the bitters and the spirits and the sugar, and now he has maraschino liqueur and he has absinthe. Uh, in Jerry's recipe, he's using um, two dashes of absinthe. In, in like my recipe and my modern recipes when I was making it behind a bar, I would do an absinthe rinse. And mm. I think the improved whiskey cocktail, I'm throwing out a theory here, no one kill me, uh, is kind of the, is, is, a, is a predecessor or a proto Sazerac. Or vice versa. Mm. Yeah, it has, it has the absinthe, it has the sugar or the sweet element. Uh, Jerry's, Jerry's uh, has gum syrup. I use PTD as kind of my, 
the PTD uh, cookbook as, as my guide for modern versions of classic cocktails. And they, they have a quarter ounce of syrup in place of the gum, of the gum syrup. But that's how the cocktail, go for it. I was gonna say, um, so can you explain gum syrup to people that might not know the difference? Mm -hmm. Not really. (laughs) <laughs> I don't really, I don't, I don't really work with it, but it is a, it is a natural, it is, it is a, a syrup, isn't it from the, uh, a tree? Sorghum. It was originally uh, yeah, sorghum. Sorghum. A, a more viscous, simple syrup. It's more of a chemical reaction. It was the only syrup that drink would actually heat in their entire repertoire. Oh, right, because we talked about that last week, about whether or not to heat. Referencing back to last week. Yeah, mm-hmm. did not ever heat any of their simple syrups, but gum was one of the few ones that we did because of the mm-hmm. chemical reaction. The, it just it creates a far thicker uh, simple syrup that creates a more velvety texture with still the same um, sweetness of a regular Sweet syrup. And sorghum was plentiful in places like New Orleans, and um, because you could, were making rum out of sorghum as well. So oh. it was probably used in food too. I can't yeah. speak to the history of like sure. sorghum and food, ribbon but candy and things like that as well. Yeah. It was probably it was yeah, probably it was used a lot in canning as well. Mm-hmm. For preserves. It's probably just like a major food way. Let's yep. just yeah. yep, make it up. I don't know. Sure. Richard is asking, isn't gum just a two to one um, sugar water simple? That's traditionally called just rich simple. Oh, I would say it's a yep. rich simple. Yeah, it but actually, it's a good like, home itself has other ingredients. I don't mm-hmm. remember off the top of my head right now because I, we actually had this whole cheat sheet Bible <laughs> that would have all the syrup. Yeah. So generally it wasn't something that I retained in my head because I didn't, I already had too much going on up there. So, right. so Richard, the gum would have some extra ingredients besides just being extra sugar. Yeah. Water. Cause it's not spelled G-U-M either. Just so G-O-M-M-E. But it's pronounced gum. But the, I think to answer Richard and Richard and um, Jeremy, if you were to do it at home or not go for, cause it's gum, it's like another couple ingredients, right? Like gum right. So, online they're they're definitely enough recipes online that's mm-hmm. the great thing about the world but you can also just do a rich simple syrup right, right. Mm-hmm. more viscosity by definition right okay. yeah Nerd. i don't think it would ultimately cause the same textural uh difference because it ultimately is just sugar that would be diluted in your stir right, right. even if you even if you make it in a glass mm-hmm. um so i don't know if, i don't know if a rich simple would actually you're not going to get a mouthfeel like Cody. Cody Brown brings up gum Arabic, better mouthfeel, certainly. So if you're, yeah. you really want to go down the rabbit hole of why you would put different types of sugars and syrups in your drink would be for mouthfeel, really, because it's, is it going to yeah. really change the, the, the flavor? Sweet flavor. Oh, that's good. Then well, we go down the whole rabbit hole of the spirit that's used. And that's, you know what I mean? How it's gonna, how sweet is the spirit you're using? So that's a whole other. That's a whole other episode. Yeah. Interesting <laughs> to point out is that like all of this stuff was stuff that was like kind of lost to time before like mm-hmm. the mid 2000s or whatever. So like it might seem like we're splitting hairs or like belaboring a point here, but like there was a moment um, where this was like historical research and like people were trying to figure out like no one had known that they had made syrups that kind of way and then they were like let's try to do this and it was very nerdy and that was the early to mid 2000s Mm -hmm. the mid to 2010s (laughs) 
Well, totally. late, I'll miss that. <laughs> late 90s in San Francisco. Was yeah. the late, oh, I was right. there in the late 90s in San Francisco. <laughs> so let's give San Francisco its props because they were already sticking the middle finger up to the Cosmo in the late, this was Just, before 2000, before I moved out of the country. And we were definitely making these pre-pro, we didn't call them pre-prohibition at the time. But you still, the thing that you had was you had some bartenders that were still alive that were in their 80s and 90s that were eight, that had, you know, some historical knowledge. Nobody cared for the longest time. And then all of a sudden people started asking. I love a good Cosmo. <laughs> Let's just yeah. set the record straight. Yes. The Cosmo I love a good Cosmo good too. Cocktail. Oh my God. Hey, no, before yeah. we go down this complete rabbit hole. Let's we yeah. go back to. The fact <laughs> is God's an old fashioned that apparently yes. is called an old fashioned. So let's. <laughs> so yeah, I get to talk about the Wisconsin old fashioned now. So the Wisconsin old fashioned obviously has its roots in Wisconsin, but really that kind of starts uh, as uh, the World Fair in Chicago was happening, it's also in the 1800s. Wisconsin is full of German immigrants, and what did they love? They loved brandy, of all things. They called it Brandwein, um, and they were drinking brandy in, in by, by the gallons. The brandy cocktail existed, much like the whiskey cocktail existed in Jerry Thomas's book. Very similar build. I believe it had curacao in it. I have to double check that. Um, but the Wisconsin fashion and that mid-century fashion I was talking about earlier are very, very similar. In a true Wisconsin old fashioned, you would use a sugar cube and you would douse that sugar cube in um, uh, uh, Angostura bitters. I don't have sugar cubes. I also don't have sugar on me. So I'm going to use a little bit of simple. And you want to use about a teaspoon's worth of sugar. For me, in this bar spoon, that's going to be about three bar spoons of simple, counting for the water. Would that be about gonna, a bar spoon of, of regular sugar? About, yeah, it okay. would. So, you, what you'll, so, so you're following along, Gideon. What you'll do is you'll put that sugar in. You're going to douse it in, in two to four dashes of Ango. Okay. Uh, and you would then take a muddler. Okay. Uh, you can't see it because, oh boy, this is uncomfortable. Um, but you would then take that and you would use your muddler and you would kind of get that, that uh, sugar and, that, and, that, and those absinths to kind of come together and make a paste. That's your goal. Then after that, it's very much like a, like a, like a kind of a normal fashion. It's two ounces of spirit or one and a half ounces if you're not feeling so boozy that day. Add it right to the glass. Try not to spill. And what you're gonna use then is orange slices, specifically orange slices, it has to be orange slices. You're gonna use one or two, depending on your taste. Like full slices or just the peel? Like, um, okay. Yep. So, you know, cut it in half, cut it in slices. And you would, in a, in a true Wisconsin old fashioned, you would use brandied cherries. If you can get your hand on brandied brandy cherries, that's best. You're gonna use about two cherries. I'm gonna use my, my good old friend's Luxardo Maraschino, because that's what I have in my house. Use whatever's in your house. Same. Only the good stuff, Ian. Only the good stuff. So 
you've uh, you've added your fruit, you've add, you've you've gotten a paste of sugar. And you're just going to muddle the cherries and the orange to get the oils out to get some of the juice from that orange slice. Just get it nice and muddled, not too bruised, not too bad. Doesn't have to be too much of anything. God, that muddler is graphic. Did you say graphic? I did. <laughs> and now, in a Wisconsin old fashion, you're going to probably use uh, crushed ice. I don't have crushed ice with me. I couldn't make crushed ice before the show. So I'm just going to use small cubes. Small cubes. Give it a nice little stir just to get things combined. So, so, so real quick, Ian, Bill Bates is asking what kind of brandy cher branded cherries were those that you're using? I used Luxardo maraschino cherries. The right. best. Right. The best. To finish a uh, Wisconsin old-fashioned, which would typically be made with brandy, I used Tennessee Eau de Vie. I'm the nearest 1856. <laughs> hey, that's for you. I like it. Hey, Ian, why crushed yep. ice in a Wisconsin? Do you know? Uh, it's because, no, not really. Uh, it's just how it's traditionally served nowadays. Uh, it looks nicer. It's a way to also fill volume in the glass so you don't have to add too much other ingredients, specifically what I'm going to do next. So I'll, I'll answer that in more detail in a second. I take a stab at that question. I think it's because before Wisconsin had refrigeration, they used snow. Huh? It's a good guess. That's, good guess. that's, good. that's good hilarious. Guess. Okay, I'm going to leave it on the table. Pretty I'm much table. all year round. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> all right. So like, mute, mute, mute y'all. I can, I can hear an echo. So we've gotten to the point we have, the, we have the ice in the glass, we have the whiskey in the glass, we have the fruit and the sugar and the bitters. And then you would finish your Wisconsin Old Fashioned with a nice topper of either a soda wash, a club soda wash, which is just store-bought club soda, a sweet wash, which is, and Wisconsin will agree, 7-Up, or a sour wash, which would be squirt soda. So when I said that I made my own squirt, be kind, I made homemade squirt soda, which uh, my sensibilities. There we go. So I'm going to make a sour old fashioned because I didn't make the squirt soda for nothing. And you don't. Jeremy said. Jeremy says Xander is losing his mind. <laughs> <laughs> so um, this guy squirt soda is a grapefruit flavored soda. You're just going to add enough to kind of fill the rest of the glass, not too much. You're welcome to incorporate with a straw just to just to get things combined. And that is a pretty traditional Wisconsin old fashioned. Isn't because, this just whiskey and soda? No, there's sugar and there's bitters and there's muddled fruit. And if it was a true Wisconsin old fashioned, it would be brandy, but you can't ask for a whiskey Wisconsin old fashioned. Um, and they're gonna typically, when you order an old fashioned in Wisconsin, they're gonna ask you, do you want it uh, mm -hmm. stirred or Wisconsin? They're gonna ask if you want brandy or whiskey, and they're gonna ask if you want it soda, sweet or sour. So this is my at home Wisconsin sour old fashioned. Wait a minute. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I had I had I made homemade squirt. Yep. And I still have everything in the glass. Am I supposed to drink it while it's muddled? Or I don't strain it, you just drink it dirty? 
I'm sorry, I should have said this earlier. You typically build a Wisconsin Old Fashioned in the vessel you drink it in. Oh, so this is my yeah. vessel now. Now I got to- That's your vessel squirt. now. Okay. Get a straw, it's deep. And then just pour the squirt in. Then you'll pick huh? the stuff out of your teeth afterwards. And you'll pick the stuff it. out of your teeth and you'll go to the dentist and you'll be fine. <laughs> Everything will be fine. Everything in this glass is a Wisconsin Old Fashioned. So Ian, what would the typical brandy be that's used for Wisconsin Old Fashioned? Corbell all day. Corbell every day. So Wisconsin is drinks the most per capita than any state in the union. And they also drink the most Corbell than any other state in the union. I think in the world. They drink so much Corbell. Uh, it, it was it was pretty much adopted by the state of Wisconsin for their for their Wisconsin Old Fashioned. Uh, and I wish I had some so I could pay true homage to this drink in and of itself, this cocktail in and of itself. Um, but it kind of lives alongside the, the, the traditional old fashioned. It was kind of born out of the same um, sugar, bitter, citrus model that Jerry Thomas laid down in 1862, 1862. Um, and so I, I feel like it, it deserves its spot. It deserves its time to shine in the old fashioned segment. Could you also call it a youper old fashioned? Uh, I don't know if, I don't, I mean, the, the youpers are their own country, in my opinion. That's a whole nother. I feel like that's who drinks these guys, <laughs> the youpers. Oh, no. Or you the youpers' wives. Pretty good. Oh. I'm not going to lie. This is not a bad cocktail. It's not a bad cocktail. It's not a bad cocktail, it cocktail but it's not it an old-fashioned. Xander is I, totally losing it. <laughs> I would, I would, I argue, I argue that it is because it does, it beats all the requirements. It has the the bitter element, it has the citrus element, it has the dilution, and it has the spirit and sugar. It it, it just fits. has soda. It has soda water. Yeah, that's the dilution. It's a quitter, old fashioned. Let's be honest. Uh, I don't know. The state of Wisconsin has been doing a, doing a good job on this for a while now. Hey, they can so do I'm gonna they give want. it to them. I just might not go ever ever go there. It's fine. I think they were drinking this <laughs> old fashioned. I have to I'm gonna stick up for Wisconsin for a minute. Pretty sure they've been drinking this when other when the old fashioned was out of style, they were still drinking it long before probably you were even born. So I think they get to have this cocktail. They get yeah, this cocktail. I do. You so can I, I, to my uh, my ideology is drink what makes you happy. I might have to do with it. I have my uh, constraints of what I think are drinks, but I am just a pretentious cocktail nerd, so you just can choose not to listen to me. It's fine. (laughs) I'm about it most of the time. Uh, I do want to say, what's your question? No, go ahead and say what you're going to say, then I'll ask my question. So we call this drink the old-fashioned. When did it become old-fashioned to make the whiskey cocktail? You know, it's kind of the whiskey cocktail, according to the, the, the preeminent cocktail book that started it all. But because you and I are in Chicago chat today, I have to point this out. The first significant in-print mention of the, of the old-fashioned cocktail was in the Chicago Tribune in 1882. Wow. Yeah, in 1882, that's when we started hearing people ask for that 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 cocktail in the old fashioned, that whiskey cocktail in the old fashioned. And from How that moment on, we've been. Wow. Yeah. Can I give a little <laughs> shout out to a book? Yes. 
Um, Ian, I'm not sure. It sounds like you might have exhaustively researched the old fashioned on your own time, but I do want to point out there's an amazing book called Imbibe, um, which has been very influential in my life. I see a bunch of nods and I think that I just wanted to mention it because we were um, speculating last week about like what the size of a wine glass was, et cetera, et cetera. And like, this is such a good book. It's by David Wondrich. Um, who's an amazing person and a really great presenter. So if like you ever find yourself at like Tales of the Cocktail or someplace where he's doing a seminar, you should definitely go. And say, we're um, not worthy. That's what I say. And then be I like, let's him. chat though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Because <laughs> he's the best. He is. <laughs> um, the book is... Oh. To, add to, to add to what oh. you're saying, Kitty, a lot of my research for the old fashioned did come from Imbibe. I used mm -hmm. Imbibe. I used um, the Joy of Mixology. I used mm -hmm. the Bartender's That's Scary Guide. Scary again, right? The yeah, I used, late I used great. The, the late great. I mean, he's, he's amazing. <laughs> but so this is this is one of my editions of the Bartender's Guide by Jerry Thomas. Nice. Uh, this is the 1876 version, um, a and it has a print. The reprint and it has a forward right. by David Wondrich. Yes. Who in this yeah. particular edition, Imbibe goes into detail too, but in this particular edition, before you get into the book, he he translates a lot of those measurements so that you don't have to do it yourself, which oh, is really, really helpful. That. that would be interesting. So to for yeah. anybody who's new or doesn't know like hasn't been nerding out about original versions of cocktail books, like Seven Wondrich's book was like, he, he takes you through, it's kind of like a narrative style book. So it's probably not for everybody, but like he definitely like goes through the history of cocktails in a way that will give you the background that you need to understand like what, like what we're talking about. Like how did we get to the point where they were calling the old fashioned and old fashioned in the 1860s? Mm -hmm. And like what the hell were they drinking before? <laughs> yeah. And since. Yet another rabbit hole. The, the, yeah. the cocktail, the flip, the sour, the, oh exactly. boy. The pearl, like Oof. everything. Yep. Or and the, the cocktail in 1805. Yes, at the farmer's cabinet from Amherst, New Hampshire, like me. <laughs> like Xander lived there for a while. Um, but there's also what um, Ian was holding up was a, in a, a reprint of the original, which is done by Cocktail Kingdom, I think. I believe um, so, yeah. Greg Bohm, and he's amazing. So what he has done is he's um, bought the rights or figured out a way to reprint these cocktail books in the original form that they would have been reprinted in, I think, or yeah. nearly that, which is so beautiful. So obviously I we have, can't afford, you know, I, I couldn't afford Jerry Thomas's book. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I have a few as well. Have, so he. So I have two. One of them is a um, is a more kind of disposable paperback and I can I can write notes in it and I can highlight it and I don't care about it whereas the Cocktail Kingdom book is actually a rather beautiful edition but it is printed how it would have how it would have been printed yes. back in 1876 which is really really helpful and it kind of has everything and it's really interesting how kind of, you know looking at that how books have changed how, how we how we've kind of changed the recipe book. Yeah. So I'm going to interrupt one more time. Uh, Ian, Go do you have it. any more versions of the Old Fashioned? Because we're on the 10-minute warning right now. So That's I want to see if you have any more drinks you need to make or potentially uh, any other things you want to potentially discuss about the history. Okay, if you don't have more drinks, I'm still nursing this Wisconsin. <laughs> it's so I... I do, I do want to talk about something. So I do want to say, you know, we talked, we started calling the, with the old fashioned, the old fashioned in the 1880s, which is realistically not that far after 
Jerry Thomas's book was printed. And he wouldn't have printed his book if people weren't making this cocktail beforehand. So he wanted to get it out there in the world in a more cohesive manner. Uh, so we start calling this the old fashioned in the 1880s. Uh, and it evolves and it changes and then prohibition hits and we change how we drink again. And then we come back with, with that mid-century old fashioned. But I wanna talk about really what the old fashioned is from, from structure on up, which is like I said, sugar, bitters, spirit, citrus. That's really all it is. And it's a great way to make a drink that is, highlights the spirit in an appropriate way. So I am gonna make one more old fashioned and I am going to, here we go. Got my mixing glass. Who's gonna drink all those? Nick. Where's Nick? <laughs> In the dining room somewhere, being a sport, letting me have the living room. So when you're making an old fashioned, you gotta get a sweet element. In. You have to get a sweet element in to balance between the spirit and the bitters. So for a lot of events that, you know, Chastity and I have done a lot of events together, and we've actually used this cocktail together. I created a banana old-fashioned. Ooh, and, and it was oh, so good, y'all. Oh, yeah. oh, my God. And so Gideon seems to be pretty excited about it. So <laughs> I have half a banana left in my pantry. I haven't gone. No, no real banana. No, no actual no bana banana. No actual banana. So, again, we're going to start our old-fashioned with my favorite two-ounce pour. There we go. And then we, exactly, I'm depleting for us. Uh, I use a banana liqueur for my sugar in this cocktail. And my preferred banana liqueur is the Tempest Fujit uh, banana liqueur. It is uh, dark and it is baked and it is rich. It has a lot of um, baking spices. It almost has a, a banana bread-like quality. But it is a liqueur, it is more alcohol. You don't want to use too much. So I use just, oh, there we go, making a mess, a three quarter ounce pour. And here's another way you can get creative with your old fashions, the bitters you use. What's the proof on that liqueur, uh, Ian? I actually don't know. The proof is 26% alcohol by volume, ABV. Thank you. So, Another way you can get creative with your old fashions is the bitters you use. Uh, with this guy, I like to either use something kind of rich, like a chocolate bitter, or when, uh, for this, I'm going to actually use tobacco bitters. Mm, my favorite. Uh, my favorite. So these are my tobacco bitters that I steeped at home. Oh, you fancy. But I'm you fancy make your as, own I'm fancy as hell. I made my we own tobacco a, bitters. We have a bitter, a bitter uh, mixology club. We should have a bitter. Oh, yes, please. <laughs> I got you. I got you. Tobacco <laughs> bitters oh, are the best bitters with whiskey. I made a whole line for a distillery in Ohio, and the most popular one was always the tobacco bitters. That's amazing. So we got our bitters. We got our, we got our, um, our spirit. Get a fresh spoon. Tobacco We're going to stir. Yeah. Yum. Back onto the stir. Oh, so great stir. variation for old fashioned. Just switching out um, sugar for a liqueur. Yeah, something with a flavor, something that's going to complement the whiskey. You know, again, it's a the the Tempest Fuji banana liqueur is big, bold, spicy like banana bread. Um, it's a great complement to the whiskey. 
you just can't go overboard. That's, that's the one thing I would say to anyone making this, this old fashioned is don't go overboard on the liqueur. Don't go overboard, guys. Well, listen, we have to wrap it up tonight. Ian, thank you so much for demonstrating uh, these great old fashions for our viewers to recreate at home. And I just want to remind everyone um, that Don Quinier's team is coming to you live um, daily during this quarantine to keep you all uh, engaged and uh, just have some fun with you all. So tomorrow you can join us. You can join our uh, Whiskey Maven May. Uh, she's going to do a happy hour. And then on Saturday, you can do a Saturday sip with Sailor. And on Sunday, we are doing uh, brunch with our Whiskey Dads. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, Ian, if you just want to close out the show with a nice little toast. More importantly, we'll be back next Thursday. <laughs> we'll be back. We'll, we'll be, back be back next Thursday with a, a new cocktail to, to discuss. And uh, thank you to all of our viewers. I hope that you all keep tuning in and having some fun with us. So I, I didn't prepare a toast like you did yesterday. That toast was amazing. But I'm going to toast to uh, getting to spend my Thursday nights with people from afar that otherwise I wouldn't get to see in this time when we need to see people more than ever. So cheers to my friends. Cheers, everybody. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for joining us. And we'll post the recipes on our, um, our Uncle Nearest Instagram. Okay, guys? Have a great night. Stay safe. Bye, everyone. Thanks, everyone. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us for Uncle Nearest Cocktail Club. As always, we learned a lot and we hope you did too. Can't wait to chat and raise a glass with you again next week. Till then, cheers. Thanks for listening. This is the Spirit of Rock Podcast. This is a Spirit of Rock Network show. To check out all of our shows, visit spiritofrockpods.com. That's spiritofrockpods with an S.com. Thanks for listening.